Welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast. Glad you guys could join us. This week we got Joe Massick on, a part of Impact Culture. Today we're talking about dreamers and what that is and how, how we approach bringing dreamers. Glad you guys could join. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. Welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast. You got Eric, Sean, Jacob, and John. And today we have a very, very special guest. Everyone knows that he's special. His name is Joe Masick, a good friend of ours. Uh, we met him. What, where did we meet you, Joe? Why don't you just lead us off here? I believe I met every one of you at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. Yeah. Uh, slightly after I graduated from there and decided <laughs> to stick around for a few years. <laughs> about four? You're about, about five I'm now? on five. Five Victory Lab. Fifth year five years. Close the yearbook. Yeah. <laughs> Almost a decade. Crazy. Joe, talk about what you do, the many things that, that you do at St. Thomas and around. Well, after I graduated from St. Thomas, I uh, started working for an organization called St. Paul's Outreach uh, that does college campus ministry. So I have been at St. Thomas for four years as a student and now five years as a, a missionary. What do you think of the new logo for SPO? Oh, ooh, diving right That's in. a good question. Hot spot. Dividing. We got to do a lighting round after. I hope everybody that's listening to this knows what SPO is. Uh, if you don't, Good luck. You'll have no idea what the logo is. <laughs> We've talked about it a lot, yeah. so I feel like maybe a lot of people are lost. Uh, yeah, no, no, like, perfect. This is the best explanation we're going to get. I love I love the new logo. I think it's awesome. What it stands for, clarity and in communication yeah. is always important. Yeah. It's very modern. Let's do a lightning round. Jacob, lightning. start us off. What do you do uh, as a side hustle? Me? Yes. That's a oh. deep lightning oh. round. I like it. Uh, how, which side hustle? <laughs> All of um, them. Your favorite side hustle. Uh, I own a mobile DJ truck. Uh, the company's called Impact Culture Company. And I DJ outdoor events in this mobile DJ truck. That's an F-350 mm. converted mm. into a, yeah, a what, mobile DJ booth. What was the motivation cool. behind starting it? A dream, man. A I, dream. I was on a walk with God one day, and he said, here it's you go, son. <laughs> Oh, he's let's do it. He almost so. just went into the topic there. We got it. Let's okay. Let's, let's, let's uh, rain it back. What's we're, like we're, we're back to service level? What's the best gift you've ever received? Shoot. Uh, what was the coolest gift as like a kid? Like what? I mean, I was gonna say my two kids, but oh, okay. I mean that's, that's like a good one. I just had a moment this I, at, while I was tackling Isaiah, my nine-month-old son, who's just a total tank. Yeah. Uh, today, I cry, like I was, like I push, he sits up and then I push him down on the bed and then he thinks it's hysterical and then he sits <laughs> up again and we just do that for hours. And uh, I was just dreaming about his future and I just got so stoked for all the people he will dunk on. <laughs> if he He's can a jump. Baby. Oh, oh he can jump. DN. <laughs> he literally, baby. he's nine months old. He literally stood up for almost a minute on like completely just like stood that there. So awesome. Free hands. He's awesome. So I'd say my two kids, Madeline, who's three, almost four, and Isaiah. Yeah. I don't think you realize how like crazy your life is until you have a kid. Like, I don't, like... 
you guys haven't lived. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it is, you have. It is crazy, like how. Let's get super condescending. It's it's crazy <laughs> that that like realization of life once you have a kid. It's like you're you're at a different level. What's your favorite color, Joe? Used to be green. I was a big frog person growing up. We used to go like wade through ponds and catch that, frogs. It was green, mean? but cool. What does that mean to be a frog? At what point did you define like yourself love as frogs? A frog like person? that we just went out and I had, had a frog like too. me and my older brother. We caught frogs. That's what. That's did like, you kill them or did you no, let them you just, go? You just hold them and you collect as many as you can and then you let them all go. Yeah, that's awesome. Where do you no keep frogs them when you're collecting them? No. No, I'm not about frog where legs. Do you, where, do you, where do you keep the frogs when you collect them? In a bucket. There's a bucket. Got Any it. bucket tall enough that they can't jump where out of. Where did you grow up? Like a five-gallon pail or... Oh, yeah. You know? I'm with you. It's eight pounds of rocks. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a little creek by our house. See? And it, it, would, gets me. Uh, it would overflow on the rain. Oh, there were so many frogs. And we would ride our bikes over them. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little more. That's, yeah, did, did yeah, that's messed up. That's a little more messed up. Did you guys ever mow the lawn growing up, and you're just you're just on the tractor, you know, mm-hmm. and then just oh, there's a frog, and then you like you're just you're just a oh frog. My there's God. not a yeah. frog anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is your that's, frog killer. Like genocide is happening in my backyard. Yeah, my parents have like ten acres, and I would mow the lawn on this like you know you sit on it, and you would see like at least five mice, like two snakes, and like. Uh, like a couple birds would come down couple and you'd almost like <laughs> run them over. It's like a, it's a, a cat. You know, yeah, it's, it's some low it's crazy. Flying birds. It's right. very low flying birds. Massive. What was your if you can remember? <clears throat> what was your first impression of each of us? Oh, that's a gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like wow, they're cool. Not not wow. not, not, a, not a condescending yeah, way, not but nice. like like your well, first like impression cool. of Sons of Thunder, but your first impression. No, of like Michigan. each of. Oh, specifically yeah. me. Even you, for example, you can be good. No, my first impression of Mishki was I had heard a lot about him because he wrote this paper yeah. about the Catholic faith when he was uh, hanging out with a. Uh, he he, I think, got reintroduced to his faith uh, and Jesus through a Protestant organization on campus, and he started wrestling mm-hmm. with his his faith, and so he wrote a paper. And so I just had heard stuff about him, and then he came to an SPO event, and so he was in the backyard of one of the houses that we own, and I was like, I got to introduce myself to this guy. I got mad respect for a man wrestling to know Jesus, and mm-hmm. so it's I, I think even before I met him, I had a lot of respect for him, and it's only gone downhill since. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I was waiting yeah. for we, it. We were all waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. You were you the opposite, Eric. Yeah, I had yeah. very I little just, respect. I was just growing over time. Just a tool on campus. He's yeah. like, who is this guy? Yeah. My first memory Total of Eric fake. was freshman year. Freshman you were, year? You were a Power Ranger, and you were like, does anyone have a banana? So I can put it in my suit. <laughs> can we get some more context? <laughs> yeah, dude. It was Halloween. It was Halloween. It was, Halloween. It was at least Halloween. Okay. Yeah, it was the Red Ranger, dude. It was, it was trying to Wednesday make up in for March. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why this guy doesn't I have any totally kids. I totally forgot about that. I wanted to buff up my biceps. That was oh, really what it was. Yeah. Two bananas. Two bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. home. Wow. My first memory of Sean was when, um, actual memory, I don't remember that moment, is when I went to my first ever daily mass with you. Yeah. And so my, my first memory was much more. was a good one. Yeah. Much more holy. Were you than, in a Power uh, Rangers suit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this what Catholics were to mass? Underneath. underneath. 
is dressed up as a power ranger. Like uh-huh. like Sean took you to mass or you so saw with Nick you Red. Met. Well yeah, so I was you know, I wasn't Catholic yet. It was I met Nick Red on like Tuesday night and it was Thursday afternoon. I was I just finished class. I decided to go for a bike ride. I was hopping my bike, I was just biking down by the river and I just look over and Nick is just sitting on this bench and I'm like, Is that Nick? And I kinda of, kinda of like I, I bike past him, you know, take about five minutes to build up the courage to turn around and go over and talk to him and I walk up and I was like, like this is super, he's just reading a book and I'm like, Oh my, my voice probably cracked like eh? Is that you? And, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, what's up, Eric?" You know, we started talking, and he's like, "You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to Delhi Master now with Sean Healy. Do you, do you know Sean?" I'm like, "No, what do you mean?" <laughs> so I, I literally, I parked, I, I locked my bike to the bench, hopped in his car, we went and picked up Sean Healy at Flynn Hall, and then just drove to Nativity. Yeah. I remember walking in, I'm like, this is the Death Star. I'm like, I was just walking in, my heart was just pounding, all the lights were off. And like now when I walk in as a Catholic, it's like beautiful, yeah, all lit up. But I remember walking in this fall afternoon, and it was just like dark, and I was scared, my heart was just pumping, and I'm like, what am I doing How here? did it feel as a Protestant? What Were you like familiar with it? Or Not at all whatsoever. I, was, I, I sat there the whole time, and, and you know, the priest, it was probably, you know, a, a, a martyr, um, the, you know, a feast day of a martyr, so he, uh-huh. he, he walked down the aisle, in red and I remember just kind of like past I was just like what am I doing here and yeah. I started sweating I was sweating the whole mass and I didn't say a word and I'm just <laughs> standing next to you guys and I mean yeah but um, and then I just left and I was like I was like and then Nick was like hey there's an adoration chapel do you want to do you want I was like what's adoration and he's like hey you're just coming come in and sit down and I was like okay so I just I walked straight up to the front and I just sat in the front and I was like what what is that what, what am I looking at and then later he's like that's Jesus and I was like tell me more and then it's all history boom yeah. So, so, but more about more on Joe. Okay, we got to um, talk about Joe. When did you start wearing glasses? Three years old. Wow. Really? No yeah. I've wow. I've seen you with glasses probably at least less than ten times. Yep. Yes. I don't wear them very often, but I so was. So you wear I contacts? Was, no, I don't. I haven't worn contacts since probably freshman year of college. Oh, so you're like Eric. Yeah. Just just <laughs> squint. Suffers. Yeah. You're suffers through life. Do you squint? Do you squint? Like stuff far away. Yeah. I mean, that's why I started wearing glasses more. And when, yeah. like a year ago, I went for a, a new prescription. I think the last time I did that was like probably freshman year of college. Yeah. And then finally, I was like, these glasses are one broken and two don't work. Don't do anything for <laughs> yeah. me. I wish they looked as good on me as they do on you. I went to the doctor over the last summer and she's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with your eyes. I was like, then why can't I see? And she's like, just focus more. And I'm like, I'm focusing. And I'm like, I can't see just that. Just focus more. I was like, what does that mean? Just like, try harder. Exactly. <laughs> What's the most embarrassing? Tell, tell us an embarrassing story from the last two weeks. Or last month. <laughs> he doesn't have any. Weeks. He's quick on his feet. I don't know if he He, <laughs> he is quick on his feet. an embarrassing story. No, I'm probably too afraid of people. Are you the kind That's, of guy I'm that... I pray to Jesus a lot to rid me of that, but I, pro- I probably control people's reactions by not by getting so into not getting into situations yep, like that. Yep, you learned. So I would like I would me. love to regularly have embarrassing moments, but <laughs> that's no, I'm done. That's I'm being totally. This honest. moment oh, totally. right here. I like not, that's not a that's not a weird flex. That's no, I I like I choose not to accept that a situation is embarrassing, and then I just forget it. Which is just weird. Yeah. yeah. Like, I cannot remember the last embarrassing... I can remember one embarrassing moment where I I went up to a girl and I thought she was someone else. 
and she Classic. and that that girl just got engaged, and so I was like, "Oh my goodness, congratulations on just getting engaged! That's so exciting." She's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and it was so bad. You just dropped down on one foot. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, in that case, yeah, well, well, now they have wait. Care. You're not engaged. <laughs> nice. It's a good thing that Lexi doesn't listen to these. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the Lexi. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and that's how we're married. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, how long have you been married? Four years. Be five in June. Was that's it the awesome. summer after you graduated college? Yeah, a month after. How was uh, graduated in how May. was wedding planning during college? I don't you have to ask Please my wife me. and my mother in law. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I was just there <laughs> showed up. He, he in the words of Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> after eighteen holes of golf, he just walks right up. <laughs> All right, let's get this over with. <laughs> Where were you? Oh, I thought I was supposed to be here too. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Was, sounds, he was sounds about right. Victory lap. He's like, I got another year here. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Double. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Double. So, what should we dive in? Let's dive in. Okay. So we wanted to bring Joe. Actually, well, so Joe Masek here has been part of. He's you know before I think we even released a podcast, maybe like one or two of them. You know, Joe Masek is an SPO missionary at St. Thomas, and he was the director of, of SPO at the time for the chapter. And I remember going up to him and we're just like, hey, can you help us give us some vision? So we went to what bar was it? Was it Rocket Cap? Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rockets, yeah. Close. Rest in peace. Is it closed? Is it yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we probably closed that place out. I'm pretty sure they kicked us in, out at like 10 p.m. So that's the, that's the sign of a bad wine bar. <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> like, hasn't this made you sleepy yet? You need yeah, to leave. Were, that was the <laughs> most awkward thing sleepy. ever. Yeah, yeah, it was super weird. They gave us our tabs and they were like, are you guys staying was, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was funny. So it's now taken us two and a half years to get this guy on the cast. So we finally roped him in. Yeah. More so, we finally invited him. It was kind of us. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Joe, tonight we want to talk with you about what does it mean to dream as a young man, and you know what does it mean to desire, and what does it mean to dream? Because you are a man that you know I've been in your life for a few years now, and I've kind of seen the product of I believe a lot of the process of your life, um, kind of working through and. Um, I know the Lord kind of kind of took you for his own at some point throughout college, and he kind of he's, he's revealed something in you that I've seen and us men and men in the Twin Cities has seen as, as a visionary, someone that the Lord has gifted with an ability to see what he wants for his church. And you've been a, you, you've been a very important role in that specific work. So we want to just kind of hash out, talk about what does it actually mean to dream as a young man? What does it mean to desire? How, how do we be visionaries? Is it okay for us to dream big, you know, or sh- should we actually be dreaming more small? What does it look like? Um, so we're going to do that through a little bit of Q&A, but then also just, uh, you know, maybe just cast around and just you can put in, you know, bring input in, stuff like that. So what what does it mean to be a dreamer? That's my first question for you. What does it mean to be a dreamer? I'm just going to start philosophical. Oh, boy. What is a dreamer? <laughs> well, uh, I go to bed and I'm off a REM sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I think for some people it's supernatural. It's not supernatural, but very natural. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that you just like dream, you just have ideas. And I think those types of people probably end up being like entrepreneurs and our entrepreneur majors in college and then end up just working for their dad <laughs> and settling. <clears throat> I'm not looking at anybody in the room. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Did it hurt, <laughs> Jacob? <laughs> did it hurt? Okay, yeah. good. Before the I, hope, I hope your dad listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. But, but I, I think... <laughs> 
kind of reflecting when I when I heard that's what we were going to be talking about in the 12 and a half minutes that I spent <laughs> contemplating. Yeah, thank you yes. today. Um, honestly, a dreamer is just somebody that listens to the father. Hmm. Like I think like what I've what I as I've gotten better at dreaming and like putting dreams into action and having a plan for my life and like fo- learning to follow through on dreams. Like every dream that's ever made it to anything in my my short time following Jesus. Uh, but then in just in life in general, like anything that's really ha- is something that's like had fruit on the other end of it has been me just fo- like trying to follow Jesus. It hasn't been like, oh, I'm a dreamer. That's my identity. I'm trying to make this happen. I'm going to be an innovator. I'm a creator. Mm-hmm. Like my conviction is just we have we we have a relationship as sons and daughters with the creator. Period. Like that's it that's it. And so when you start getting in touch with the creator, you start becoming a creator. Yeah. And that's I think that's where dreams take off is you start to once you get in touch with the magnitude of like and that's that's how it was for me. Is like once I I always like wanted to be great. I always wanted to do awesome things with my life. But when I, once I like had my conversion and was on my knees and like practicing, trying to hear God, he just, he like started to speak, Hmm. you know? And I think this, I think what a dreamer is just somebody who's, who in in the Christian sense is like, I mean, I think we can get all like self-help on it of like, here's the way, here's the 10 steps to, Hmm dream most effectively and here's the best mm. strategies you yeah. know you go you, but anybody listening to this could just go look how to have a dream online and find people who are out in the marketplace who have no relationship with our father who would probably have better answers but i think that's the best answer because then you actually he's got he's got the solution that i need to step into so that i can contribute most effectively and we can contribute most effectively to to the heart of the church, the heart of the world, the answers and the solutions that that are supposed to come through me, which I think any dreamer, like that's what they want to contribute to the world. It's not just like, oh, I want to make a neutral product that doesn't help anybody. They actually want to contribute something, but the way we contribute is getting in touch with the person who actually knows. And then I, th- I think a dreamer isn't someone that just... I don't, I don't even think a dreamer is somebody that, that fundamentally dreams. I think our identity is primarily as followers. Like mm. our job isn't to just sit around and dream things up. Our job is to follow and let him inspire the dreams. And that's every, like everything. And I think I'm just saying the same thing multiple ways. Yeah. But everything I've experienced in my life that again has, has borne fruit out the other end of it has been like, I'm just, God, I'm just like trying to grow in relationship with you. Like the, the thing about the DJ truck, like I was just on a walk with God, like no agenda. I'd experienced stuff. Like I'd been a DJ for a while before that. And like, like stuff had happened up to that moment in my life. Mm. But then he was just like, he like flooded my consciousness with permission mm. of like, like, and it, like, it just like, there was like a imp, like, it just felt like, yeah. Hey, here's the permission you needed to like go yeah. after that thing. And so it was both resignation, like, God, I would just want your will for my life. But, but also like my main objective isn't to be a, my identity isn't a dreamer. Yeah. And I don't really yeah. want to be known by that, even though I think I'm 
somewhat known as someone who has like really lofty out there, big ideas of like how to impact the world. Like I would just want to be a follower of Jesus. Mm. But part of that comes with actually getting in touch with who Jesus is and who our father is Mm. that I have relate direct relationship with is I get in touch with the creator. And then all of a sudden I become super creative. Mm. And I think that's been my experience. The more closely tied into genuine relationship, the more creative fruit flows out of me. And then the more stuff happens mm. on the other end of that. And then I just get to be like, dang God, how did you make that happen? That's, yeah. that's wild. Wow. Yeah. So Joe, would you say in regard to the DJ truck that did guy kind of plant this idea? Like, Hey, I want you to transform this F one fifty into a DJ truck. It's a three fifty, Or was it more of the yeah, I'm instantly offended? <laughs> three fifty. I told, I told you we have a big God, not an F one fifty size. God. <laughs> You're right. Um, but do you think it was like, was that the idea he planted in you or was it kind of more the motivation behind the idea? And then that, idea for the truck slowly trickled in to play no i mean that that in and of itself like the mobile dj truck impact enter, entertainment or impact culture company yeah. is kind of a longer story sure along like the path of my life and so i don't know yeah. if we want to go down that road um i mean but got like that was god had a long play there he had he had shown me some i had dj'd a really sweet event here in saint paul and i had and i had dj'd in a truck like a huge truck like a f- fire truck size truck not an f-150 right f-350 <laughs> yeah uh and it, it i was like this is so cool because before i had done like residencies and bars and that was around right the time i was having my conversion and i was like in this one particular bar and i just like came, basically came face to face with like good and evil it was like if i do this i'm gonna lose my soul and i like know what's on the other end of it and i was like get i was gonna get it was like everything that I had dreamed of mm. up to that point was like right there. I was going to get like mentored by the number one club and bar DJ in Minnesota. Like I was going to have this residency at a super hopping bar. Mm-hmm. I would have been like the man at St. Thomas. But I just I like came face to face. It was like the perfect time in my life to be God to present that to me of like, hey, you could have this. And so then it was a year later that this like crazy, awesome Red Bull opportunity came on the table just like out of the blue. And it was like, God, God, my father handing his son like his dream on a golden platter. So like that was my whole experience of like, I didn't buy this. I didn't sell out for this. Like I like I was up there literally like worshiping to awesome EDM music. Like like I have a father that freaking loves me. And it just I just was it just like that experience and that night struck like a deep, deep chord in me of like I have a father who wants to give permission and breathe life into my dreams and Mm -hmm. I just have to like let him have them Mm -hmm. until it's his time for that stuff to happen so so all that kind of that happened so it gave me some awareness like that was a sweet experience I'd love to recreate that Mm -hmm. and it, it sounds like the way you're speaking into this is God works with your desires and he orientates when you orientate yourself to the father, he orientates your desires mm. towards virtue and not vice. And you kind of had that decision to choose which path you wanted to take. But when you when you proclaimed Jesus as your savior, it's not like he's just like, no, Joe, this DJ thing is going to be kicked to the curb. He's like, hey, I want this to happen for you, but I want to make it better. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I mean the, the the I think part of the process of having our dreams or having you know our deepest desires revealed is like you said going to the source of of the creator. You know, like going to the source of creation, you're going to be able to find why why am I created? And it's ultimately, I think it's like you know, you, you talked about you, like you encounter God and there's a certain an initiation process. Like you're, he, you know, he's revealed to you, you're revealed to yourself. And in that moment, every desire, every in, you know, yeah, every, every desire that you've had is kind of, it comes to more, more so fruition in God's plan throughout your life. And I would say more so it's built on skills. It's actually like where, you know, I think you have a great skill and a great gift at community, at relationships, at encountering people. You talked about before how you're you know, afraid of people or like, you know, like you've been praying against this thing of like with people, but it's ultimately, I think one of your, one of your greatest gifts. And more than that, you you know, you had a gift to be a DJ, you had experience in this and then the Lord kind of stacked that on top of it. And so, you know, uh, I talked about recently this retreat I went on with the Brotherhood of Hope and our, the deepest prayer was just saying, Lord, I know that my deepest desires, my deepest wants and my deepest loves are, are found in you, right? And, and reveal those things. And it's ultimately, you know, Ignatian spirituality, praying about these, trying to, you know, have your desires be moved, consolation, desolation. Um, but Joe, I'd love to, love to hear from you about this process of kind of how, how you have seen your skills be honed through this initi- initiation process of like just being a follower, being a disciple of the Lord. You know, St. Peter, Jesus saw him as the fullest version of himself before he even called him out of the boat. And, you know, he, he said, he walked up to me and said, come with me. I, I want to make you a fisher of men. And he knew that he had power. He knew, he knew that St. Peter, there was something, you know, gifted in him before creation and he called it out of him. And I think that's our goal as men is to kind of go to the father, become followers, become sons. And in that, you know, he's going to give us something beautiful, being the man on campus who's an amazing DJ or the pearl of great price, you know, a family, a mission, a community, you know, a ministry that you can go pursue. So Joe, I'd love to hear from you more so about the this idea of being a not not the identity of a dreamer, but pursuing your dreams, pursuing your dreams with the Father, um, the process of that. Yeah, I, th- I think I've I've always had a, actually a pretty hard time with uh, some of the th- even what you said there, like uh, even the Ignatian stuff, like just goes way over my head. <laughs> and there's a mentor of mine. I was just hanging out with him the other night and it's, and he's really taught me this. It's like, it's actually really simple. And I think that like his, his mantra is obey anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you read in the Bible, what's true or you get a nudge of uh, like you get a, you get a nudge and you don't know whether or not it's going to be the Holy spirit. Like either one of those just obey anyway. I mean, like guys in college, like we want to drink to the point of excess a thousand times before we actually weigh totally definitively whether or not it's like f- fine. Yeah. And, and because we're like, we're, we actually just don't trust our father that he has fun and, and life and happiness and, totally. and greater joy on the other end of that. And it's like actually just a deep lack of trust mm. in our, in our spirits. Totally. And so we're unwilling to just obey anyway, even in though that it says really plainly in scripture, yeah. don't get drunk. Like it's, it's just spelled out right mm. there. And on the other end of that, and it isn't, it isn't like this again, we can get it. We, it can become super like legalistic, like, but, but the invitation is just to obey and trust that what he promised is on the other end of obedience, you know? Like he didn't say, just obey me blindly and whatever will happen will happen. No, he like just as many things in scripture that he asks us to obey. 
the other end of that is like an incredible promise. John 10, 10, I came that they have, might have life and have it abundantly. Right. So it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't obey. I don't o- obey my father not knowing what's on the other end of it at some point, like I obey so I can step into the fullness of the promise mm-hmm. that he's offered yeah. me in my identity as a son. So, so in that, uh, I think it's super helpful and has been super helpful for me to make it really simple. Like in my life, mm-hmm. how I have learned if I'm trying to boil it down as like simple as possible, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the keys to full life <laughs> right now. Okay. Here we go. This is from this is from uh, my mentor Lowell, not not me. So I'm giving credit where credit's due. Uh, you learn to listen, which there's a, there's a subtopic there. And step number one is learn to listen. Then you listen, and then you obey whatever you feel a nudge, or you mm-hmm. feel like feel like oh I f- think I should do this, or I think I should like see this some to, to some end mm-hmm. you do it and then you look at the fruit and consider f- the fruit on the other end. And if you do that in repetition enough times, you start to get a sense for what does the Holy spirit's voice sound mm-hmm. like? Like what does yeah. my father's voice sound like? Yeah. Because we have to like, we go from zero to hero. If you will, like we go from having no knowledge of what God's voice sounds like. And we have to be honest with that. Like if we're starting at the point where like, and I, I have guys around me. And I was like that not, not that many years ago where it's like, I have no idea what God's voice sounds Mm -hmm. like. I have no clue. And so it's, I think it's super helpful in, in that way. If like, that's actually all that life is as, as laid out for us, it's like, learn to hear God's voice, hear his voice, and then do whatever it says. Hmm. And when that can be scripture, like I read the Bible and then I actually take it seriously. Or just like, I, like, I feel like, I have a nudge for something like I felt, I felt like God, this is a good example of it. It's sort of like a sort of a macro example, but I, f- a couple weeks ago, I like just felt, no, it was probably two months ago. Time goes by fast. So that last December, I just felt like a nudge in my spirit of like, I want to put together a business plan for a coffee shop co-working space. Like I just like churches aren't neutral environments for evangelization to happen. Talk about like being a Protestant, walking into a Catholic church. Like that's just the fact of the matter. Awesome stuff happens there. Jesus is there. I get it. But churches at the basic level, like people, how evangelized or like converted you have to be to be able to walk into a church and feel at home is pretty significant. So there's this immense need for us to create neutral spaces outside of the context of Catholic parishes where people can come and encounter the authentic presence of, of Jesus so that, so that they can reach a level of conversion. And it it isn't, there isn't a clear like, Oh, now you made it. Now you can go into a church. Like, no, I think it's a lot more organic than that. A lot quicker than that. But, but for people just encounter creators, innovators, like people that are walking in the presence of our Lord and savior and like have like, are becoming like him that there needs to be places. So I just like felt and like all of that started to like mm-hmm. come to me, like come to me. And so I'm like, I just started putting together a business plan. Like had never thought of it before in my life had no good reason. I have a thousand and a half other things to do in my yeah, life, yeah. like day to day. And I just like, so I started talking to a buddy. I started figuring out what the heck a business plan is. I had never put a business plan together, <laughs> like one that you'd present to an investor 
And I just started doing all this work. And then I like around Christmas time, I kind of just table it. Ah, it's like, I was like halfway finished with it. I was like, this is not a good time. Like it's not going to happen in the next year. And so like a month goes by and I'm having this conversation with this buddy that I'm going to be doing a lot more work with in the coming year. And he just like literally tells me exactly what I put together in the business plan. And like, he's like, I have the location. We had never talked ever before about this. Like we had, like, again, I had like, I had hung it up as if it was like, uh, I like lost faith. Hmm. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, it just was the coolest. And again, I think the more we get into, I hear, I feel the nudge. I get a sense for something. And and it requires us getting sensitive to Mm -hmm. like being quiet. The, The thing that came to mind when I was on the way over here of like, okay, the subtopic of like, Start like starting to hear the Holy Spirit is like a big part of that. I think is we just have to shut up more often. Mm-hmm. My my grandpa always used to tell me he's like, "Hey, Lemonhead," which is conveniently <laughs> yes. where my DJ name comes from. <laughs> DJ Lemonhead. Shout out Grandpa John. Grandpa John. <laughs> Rest in yeah. peace. But he he uh, he he'd say, "Hey, Lemonhead, you can't you can't listen with your mouth open." <laughs> and and it's super like it's super true. I spent the vast majority of my life, and especially in my spiritual journey, being the one yep. t- doing all the talking. Yeah, mm. totally. and never actually just learned how to listen. And listen and listening can be super overwhelming, especially if it's like your first time trying to hear from God. Uh-huh. But it comes super easy when you take ten minutes and you just say, "All right, God, I'm going to listen to you." Yeah, Holy Spirit, tell me whatever you want to say. And then you just listen. Yeah. And then when distraction comes up, you just pray in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I ask you to take the distraction away from me. And then you go back to listening. Hmm. Right. And, and yep. like that, that is how I learned how to pray. It was like literally uh-huh. that easy. Totally. And then going through the day, you'd have a nudge. Like, I think you should talk to that person. That's, I mean, that's probably what I, if I'm being totally honest. It's probably why I talked to Jacob for the first time. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd heard stuff about him, but like I'm at a party with like 150 people. I'd never met Jacob Mishke before mm-hmm. and didn't know what he looked like. And it's just, it's like learning how to, like learning how to pay attention to a sense or a, like a poll. It's like, oh, you should like, and, and then you do it and then you become yeah. aware super fast. Yeah. The fruit's either there or it's not. Uh-huh. And then that's how you learn to like, mm-hmm. cause I think we're so afraid to act. And yeah. I've been so afraid. I mean, even like something like a DJ truck, like I finished the story about the DJ truck. I bought a 1980, like 45 foot long fire truck yeah, did. for like $2,500 on, on a sort of on a, not a whim. Like I thought a lot about it and I put some plan and I talked to my dad, who's like the most analytically minded person I know. And he like, he was like, Oh, that's a cool idea. So I felt like I had more permission and thought it through a little mm-hmm. bit, but it was like still a total dream. No market research, no idea what's out there, but I was just like, God, like God gave me permission. Yeah. Like God told yeah. me to do this. Yeah. And that led to then the F three fifty, which is the truck that I use now. And it's just been so cool. Like I have no idea what he's gonna do, but you step into little you step into little things, which gives you the ability when he throws something big on your lap to have the confidence of God, that's your voice. Yeah. And that's what it was. It's totally it's so cool how you, you make it, you know, you make it seem like it's a muscle, you know, I think that's very important to, 
to know that it's a muscle and you have to work it and you have to learn how, how what it feels like. You have to learn, oh, that's not what it is. You know, oh, that's not how I use it. You know, mm-hmm. imagine like trying to walk for the first time. You, it, it takes a lot. You're probably seeing your son do, do that now, you know? Yeah. And it just takes so much time. And I, I forget that all the time because I, I might sit there in prayer and be like, oh, it's nothing. Okay, shit. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, you get yeah. frustrated, but mm-hmm. it, it takes that that full trust and then realizing that it's a muscle and that you need to, you know, you need to constantly be interacting with it and, and mm. actually using it and actually, you know, acting on it because I totally r- look back to when I was in college, you know, like listening to those nudges and being like, Oh, that's what it is. That's mm-hmm. what it's like. Mm-hmm. And, and now like totally, you know, like losing that, voice and then you have to refine it yeah. and, and it totally comes in and mm-hmm. flows but that's so it's so cool now that you know the voice of god and that you're able to actually put that full trust yeah because you're you're capable and you're like available yeah. you know yeah. you put your full you put your whole trust in god and you're you're available to him you yeah. know that's how these like in the in the bible you know that's how all of these people were able to to listen to God and hear the voice of God, you know, Joseph, he was, he was just available, you know, he was just there. He was, you know, he might've been dreaming, but he, it probably wasn't like, okay, you're going to go to Egypt and this is how you go. You're going to go on this road. You know, it definitely was a muscle that had to be. And can you imagine, I mean, this is like, this is literally the adventure of, of life. Like this is the adventure of Chris Christian life. You like step into what, I mean, most of my awkward encounters probably in the past six, seven years of like walking with Jesus have been trying to practice this you get into a really awkward encounter with somebody where you like realize like you want to pray for healing or like (laughs) see God do something and nothing happens or or like whatever and or you make yourself look like a total fool Mm -hmm. and that's probably where a lot of what I was talking about like the fear of man and learning to wrestle with that and actually like get over that like actually want to obey God and follow my father more than I want to impress people the more I want to like look good in the eyes of people is like actually my prime like it burdens me so much is because my primary heart in life for my life is to become a man who follows and obeys my father no matter what and and go wherever do whatever I just like want what my father wants and I'm willing and so like when I repress a nudge or like when I go the other direction or or like learning to give myself like be patient with myself, like he's patient with me. And like, again, continue that process. But can you, I'm just like thinking about our listeners. Like what if five of the people who ever listened to this podcast, the only five, (laughs) I know I'm saying like the five of, I don't know how many of you guys, so us people four, listen to this, right? Six, right. <laughs> yes. Like, like imagine if five of the people that listen to this, like high, high school, college, what, like whatever, just like started walking around every day, just like listening for God to talk to them. Mm. Yeah. And they like get a nudge to do something at school, like to see somebody sitting alone at lunch or like, like mm-hmm. see, like whatever, like see whatever, yeah. see something going on yeah. and like, just like started to obey it. Yeah. And like, see God on the other end of it. Like, can you imagine how different our schools would be? Like, can you, like, this is, we don't need like school reform. Yeah. Like we need people to just wake up to the fact that their sons and daughters of the living freaking God and like start to walk like it. And Uh that's, what's going to change. And that's why I love doing like uh, sort of underground ministry, like ministry focused on like walking with students versus like trying to make 
organizational or institutional change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause the way you make institutional change is you just like allow God, like follow Jesus. And when he wants to breathe life through the Holy spirit in, into the water of the people that yeah. are there, he does it. And then all of a sudden one or two people, and that's what I've experienced mm-hmm. over my time of being a missionary, like one or two people, that's literally it. Mm-hmm, just start absolutely. like wanting to see God on the yeah. other end of their actions. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't a banner that brought me to SPO. It was seeing someone alive yep. and wanting yep. what they had. Yeah, I think that's all of our stories is that, you know, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I encountered some some men that I'm like, they have something that I don't, you know, what is it that they have? And it's just yeah. encountering that that friendship and that relationship and seeing yeah. there's something more. Joe, I want to talk about two things, um, purpose and then bringing that into to culture in a way. So I think from, from what you're talking about of learning how to listen to God, there's something that when you when you give God an inch, he's going to take a mile, right? And a lot, a lot of people are afraid of that. A lot of people are afraid to listen. Um, and at the same time, when you give God an entry, you give him something and you actually see him come through, you, you realize, well, I can trust, I can trust that, that thing that, you know, I can, I can trust the father because I've given him this thing and he's come through. I mean, think of all of our friendships. It's, you know, I, I trust Jacob with, with this thing. And when he comes through, I, my, my trust grows in him. Right. And so I think that begins initially with our conversion. That begins with, you know, we see God actually do something with our lives. And then we realize, well, you know, what else could he be doing in my life and for the rest of my life and in others' lives? And it kind of begins with this inward focus and then relationships and then in the world. And so, I, you know, we just did a podcast series on what does it mean to be dangerous? And we talked a lot about how you know, men aren't, aren't being raised with, men are being raised without chests. You know, men are being raised without purpose, essentially. And I think what, you know, what I've seen in your life and what I've experienced in my life and, you know, lots of men is that God, he, he gives a purpose that you can't really find anywhere else. And then when you kind of say yes to that and you continue to say yes and you continue to say yes, he, he builds that purpose and then he, you know, he, he builds a community and then ultimately he brings himself into that and he brings himself into you. Um, and so, Joe, I know you have a, a you know impact, impact culture company, right? Like that's a that's that's a thing, and you have a lot to share about how do we as as Catholics take this this listening with with the Father and that that nudge from the Holy Spirit and bring that into culture. And I you know I just want to ask you, you know, if, if if there's someone out there listening, because you know I know men in my life they're like, because for you, Joe, like there's there, there's a specific purpose, you know, like like there's a family and there's yes desires and kind of certain skills that when you get these nudges, you kind of have a place to kind of flex these muscles. Like you've, you've hit the gym for a long time and now it's like game time. You're actually ready to go perform in a way. And so when you're performing, God's with you in that. And so my question is just for, you know, the listeners out there, maybe, you know, I struggle with this myself. Like, what's my purpose? Like, you know, what am I going to be doing in two years? And so just for someone out there that, that yes, wants to listen, wants to get up and wants to go, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit, where do they begin to find that purpose? And then how do they take that really into, I guess, culture? That's kind of a big gap, but more so on the purpose side. Who's the, what's the... Uh, Direct question there. No, what's the video? Who's the, the artist that we watched at Lowell's house last fall? Oh, You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, that one guy. Christian contemporary yes. artist. I can't remember his name. Was it Michael? Gosh. No. Bob Ross. <laughs> well, he, what, <laughs> yeah, share the story about his, what he did. His, who his, he is. his yeah. point is your purpose, God's will for your life is for you to be holy. Yeah. That's it. And actually, like, I think it can be super, and I'm sure what you guys talked about is very enlightening and helpful, but it can be actually kind of overwhelming for me to think about, like, trying to make myself dangerous, like trying to grow a chest. 
like I know how to go to the gym and lift enough weights over and over and over again so that my chest gets bigger. Mm-hmm. Like that there's a workout for that. Like yeah. that's, but, but to do that spiritually and like to yeah. try to grapple with and then put it on me of like, I want to become a strong man. Like that's my, and I'm not saying like our purpose is to be dangerous. So I'm not, I'm not like trying to belittle or say that that's, a foolish topic for any reason. I'm just saying, as I think of it, if I'm being totally honest, what I just described has been as I learned to grow dangerously for the kingdom and like impact culture and change culture is to do that. Like, like to do what I described, like follow Jesus. And again, that can be a super unhelpful. So I'm like the, what it's looked like for me practically is like, get a nudge to do something, do that thing, and then consider the fruit on the other end. And if it's like not God to account for like, so if I give a word to somebody or like do something dumb or like, like I, I want Jesus to be represented well. So I take a, accountability for like, Hey, that was like, that may have been me. Like I'm just, and actually people are super out. Like people that don't know Jesus are the most receptive to that. Like everybody's hungry in our culture mm-hmm. for spirituality. Like they think it's the coolest thing ever. If you're like, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like I'm, I'm just like trying to hear God and I'm like practicing. And this is like what I believe about Like they think it's the coolest thing. I've never had a person being like, that's dumb and walk away. Like everybody's like, wow, that, that's like, Super cool. So I think that even in and of itself, even if like you just went around and you never saw fruit in a sense on the end of whatever Mm. the urge was to do, whether that be like pray for somebody or like say something particularly, or even to say like, Hey, Jesus loves you. And they just are like, okay, whatever. Like I I know people, I I don't do this often because I'm too timid, but I know guys like Nick red who will be like, try to like, like, ask God what that person's name is. And they'd be like, Hey, is your name Ralphio? You know? And so I was like, no, my name's Bob. And they're like, Oh, you know, super sorry, man. I'm just like trying to hear from God like, and, and hear his heart for you. And like every time they think it's the coolest thing ever that someone cares enough about them to like ask yeah. God a question about them. Not like <laughs> that's super weird that you're trying to guess my name, you know? And so I just, yeah. again, that, that can sound su- like extremely spiritual, but it comes really practical if you st- if you learn to habitualize like as you go throughout your day like God where are you like when I walk into the student center at St Thomas what like what am I doing here God what what are you doing here where are you like look for him yeah. and then you get a nudge of like that like I don't I don't there's I like feel like I should talk to that person. Yeah. It's pretty easy. And you can be a normal human being and walk up and be like, Hey, my name's Joe. What's your name? Where do you, you know, mm. what are you doing here? Yeah. X, Y, and like, just yeah. like start a relationship off of, and then figure out. And that's the thing is my point is the adventure and you, we create culture as dangerous men by being free enough to, to step into somebody else's life as God directs us. Uh-huh. For the sake of his name. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's it. And I just, that's, I'm like, get super jacked. Not physically. I'm like, my muscles are deteriorating by the second because I don't (laughs) work out anymore nearly as much as I should. But like, what if a few people that listen to this, like young men and women that listen to this, like go into their school next week 
whatever they listen to this and like try to hear God and then fo- and then follow through on that yeah. and then like see w- see what fruit as they talk to people mm-hmm. as they engage people for that purpose. Yeah. How would you practically pray for that freedom? You know, I've always had this thought of like, oh, you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd feel more free to evangelize if I just, you know, if I was an SPO missionary and I just got dumped in, in at FSU. You know, I didn't know anyone that had nothing to my name and yeah. I could just, you know, feel free to just look like a fool for God, you know? And however, you know, you, you, you stayed at your roots, right? Like you, you got married and you stayed back here and, you know, th- there was a certain name around Joe Mask, around St. Thomas. Your family was here. <laughs> how, how did you... How did you like? What does it practically look like to kind of find that deal. freedom? Eric okay. is making me sound well, way yeah. bigger than, than I just was. Heard like, I'm attracted to Joe. Yeah. Yeah. It's but probably because people still remember the long hair that I had my freshman year and scarred, oh, scarred oh, by yeah. that fact. Let's, that's that's, that's what kind of name I left I behind. But I, I mean, like, but like practically, you know. Yeah. So these these guys that that you know are, are in college and they can't they can't move on from where they are to go start something new. How do they kind of not pull themselves up by the bootstraps, but actually find that freedom that the father has for them. Cause we've all experienced that, you know, like we, we, yeah. we, we've been kind of immersed into brotherhood and immersed into a mission that kind of calls us on to something more than that we are. So then that we go do that. It's, but like, h- how would you say practically we pray for that freedom or find that freedom to be able to go walk up to someone and say, God told me your name's Joe. I mean, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, but my experience is you just do it. Uh huh. Like there's no, there is no, I don't, I've never experienced any easy answer for fear ever that then stepping. I mean, that's what makes us dangerous. The ability to have courage in the face Mm. of fear, right? I said like one of my best friends, the guy I lived with for a long time in college has a quote. I forget who it's from at the end of his email that says like the fear isn't the, or or courage isn't the absence of fear, but being able to act in mm-hmm. spite of it or mm-hmm. like in its presence. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, like, that, yeah. like that's me pray for courage, but I've never experienced like, Hey God, could you just take away fear or like, give me enough courage. Like eventually I get desperate enough to see God do something in my life. Cause I get frustrated by my actions doing nothing for the world and it contributing very little that I get, I, again, I get desperate enough to just, just freaking obey God, Mm -hmm. even at the expense of my own pride or my own ego or my own, my own, whatever. Like I I was, (laughs) this this is, I'll, I'll tell this story and then I'd love to hear what you guys say. But a perfect example of that is like the first brewery that I ever got connected with, with the truck which was like one of my target markets for the truck after it was built. I, so I, we do this event. They loved it. They wanted to bring it back. And, and we're looking at doing it like a Wednesday night residency all throughout the summer, which is super cool. And uh, this coming summer. So we, I was in there like talking to the guy first time I'd ever met him. And like one thing just led to another in the, in the, context of our conversation like where we talked about like the whole gamut of like like I shared with him what I do full time he and then he just like starts talking to me about like how he grew up catholic sends his kid to catholic school his wife's not catholic doesn't really want anything to do with it like the guy just started pouring out his heart just because I was like I cared little enough about like 
in a sense about my reputation of like, oh, this guy's going to think I'm a Catholic and weird. And then he's never going to invite me. Like, I'm no, like, I just like want to obey God enough that I'm willing to like be his son still in the world, you know? And if someone asked me about my dad, I'm going to tell them about my dad, you know, like, like that's, it it becomes that simple of Mm -hmm. like, and yeah, it was a long process and I've definitely like tried to cover up in the world a lot of times before my past of like who I am, but like it gets to a point where at work, at school, like we, I mean, we literally, like we talked about like gay marriage. We talked about abortion. We like, we talked about like things I don't necessarily like, nor especially like in a conversation when you're having with someone who's (laughs) like, you're starting from ground zero. Like he was asking all these questions Mm -hmm. and it was like so cool. And I just like felt the Holy Spirit like pour out of me of yeah, like, yeah. and I was like sharing about some amazing things I've seen God do. And like, and it just yeah. like, again, but I didn't like go in there being like, I am a Catholic missionary. And I am I'm, free. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to be gonna dangerous to this, know. to this, to this, yeah. but like, like, yeah. like, like I, I'm like, I'm, I was going in there <laughs> talking about my DJ truck, yeah. but yeah. was myself mm. in everything that God had done up to that point. So when it came time, to share about something apart from that, there was no hesitation. Yeah. And, yep. and then it was like, that was the honestly like the highlight of my fall last fall, like in our ministry, even though some amazing things happened, because it was just aware of like, God, you're like, you want people wherever I go. Like yeah. you just want hmm. people's hearts. And I have no idea what's happened mm-hmm. with that guy since then. But yeah. like, I knew that Jesus showed up in that moment. That's, and that's it. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's enough. And I think Edith speaking to your question too, it's okay to ask God for a sign. You know, a um, friend of ours, Casey, he was talking about he felt God give him a nudge to speak with this man who was sitting on his porch. And he was very hesitant because he's like, this is weird. It's cold outside. I want to go home. And so Casey said, all right, God, if the next song that plays is a Justin Bieber song, <laughs> I'll do it. It was yummy, if wasn't it? It, it wasn't it yummy. Here's, yummy. The, here's, the, here's the crazy yummy, thing. Yummy, is yummy. He flips the just, dial. And it's my favorite song right the now. The next station. Really? She got that I yummy. That's, that's what I listen to is in the podcast warm-up. Oh. <laughs> whatever whatever gets you going. Got that my yummy. personal freak on. <laughs> so anyways, he, he flips the station. That's your first song, DJ. <laughs> Sorry. Flips you out guys the station. <laughs> and it's a country music station. So it's like, you're not going to hear Bieber. And it's the song with Bieber and the country singers. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't Multiple remember. country singers. Yeah, it's like, and Bieber's <laughs> featured in it. And he's like, all right, That's God. Awesome. And then so, you know, he turns off the car and speaks with this man. And it uh, turns out he's like, the man said to him, like, um, you're the first, like, authentic yeah. Christian I've spoken with. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's okay to be like, God, I'm hesitant here. Like, help me out. Give me a sign. And then yeah. ask him for it. And yeah. I like through. that. And I, and I also like, I feel like I've been kind of leaning into the, the fact that I just have so many excuses in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've been leaning into that recently. Just, just stop making excuses. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no excuses for the way that I should live and the way that, that, that I want to live. I should wow. not be making excuses, whether mm-hmm. it be like, you know, wanting a strong marriage or like confronting someone or being slacking off at work or any of that stuff that there should be no excuses. And I feel like the kind of life that we are striving for is a life of greatness and perfection and being dangerous. And there's no excuses in that, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to there's, you know, those quick, like 
you know, questions and those quick like questions that go through your head. Like someone's like, oh, where were you? Like, what did you do last weekend? And you're like, oh, I'm not going to talk about that. I went to mass. You know, if you're constantly like making excuses for yourself, oh, next time I'll do that. Next time I'll try to do that. Like, I won't do it this time, but next time, like you're, you're not building those strong habits. And I think hmm. I was finding myself making excuses for, you know, excuses for the podcast, you know, like we're not good because we don't have equipment. No, it's like we should be striving to be the best version of ourselves for where we are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there shouldn't be an excuse for why yeah i'm God, slacking off god's mission is going to be accomplished and if yeah. it's not you he's going to find someone else totally so why not make it you right and i and i mean I, i'm glad you brought up the podcast because that's what as i was thinking about tonight in this topic conversation i think that's a perfect example uh-huh. like yeah i'm sure like everybody and their mom at some point in their life like especially i don't know christians or any like I think most people, it's like whether it's a YouTube channel or yeah. a podcast or a vlog or something like <laughs> yeah, I'm important oh, yeah. or an Instagram account. Catholic like I'm important enough where I should tell the world about all my mm. wise insights. But but mm. I mean, I've thought a bunch of times about starting a podcast like, oh, that would be a great idea. You know, so I'm giving validity to the fact of like that's not like world's most genius idea. <laughs> yeah. But like like. You you guys stepped in like there again. There's a like a bunch of excuses you could have had. Like totally. oh, you need to like I need to be educated enough to like. There's smarter people out there. There's more. There's more. There's holier people out there. There's uh, there's already things. And, but you guys were like even willing to, in some ways, like ignore all that or like not even lit like again listen to God's heart and mm-hmm. and then it came together in a way that probably when the first time that y'all thought about. Oh, I we I should start a podcast. Like it wasn't these four people that you're that you're podcasting regularly with now. It wasn't exactly what it l- looked like. It didn't have a name. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it was. It, you allowed it to be a nudge. Mm-hmm. The first, like and allowed God to bring it to fruition. Yeah. yeah. And then again, there's a bunch of people who have started podcasts and there's been no fruit on the other end. Uh-huh. But that's not been your guys's experience. Mm-hmm. Nor would it crush any of your worlds and that's why i say we're we're followers of jesus and not dreamers because if one of my if my truck like broke down tomorrow and it like was gone i would be sad i'd have to get it towed and it would have cost me a lot of money and i would have never recouped that amount of money but if i were a dreamer my dream would have been shattered totally Mm, and then i'm nothing you place your worth in your truck but if i'm a follower of jesus in my truck gets driven into or stolen like i sleep at night with my truck parked out behind my house easy not because i secured it enough with the crappy little you know like harbor or (laughs) freight or whatever lock on it like that someone could easily chop through if they wanted and take all my stuff and then it would be over like because it's god it's god it was god's dream like and so when it starts as god's dream like if y'all's podcast falls apart Tomorrow, I ho- I hope that it was God's dream in the first place. And yeah, so, yeah, what's yeah. His next dream that He has for you, or what's His next yeah. path? What's His next vision yeah. for for you personally? Like that's why I think it's so important at, when we talk about dreamers to get it right uh-huh. because that's everything. Like I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not I'm not following my dreams. Like that's that's the culture. Follow your dreams. Follow your mm-hmm. heart. Like your heart is good and your dreams are good, but you're not supposed to follow them. 
Yeah. yeah. You're supposed to follow Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And when he brings up dreams and tells you to follow them, you go and follow them. And again, yep. that's what we exercise. We exercise the muscle and step out in the little ways day to day so that when he throws us a big dream, like I'm sure that relative to what God wants for the four of you in your life, that this is this podcast dream is a relatively small dream in comparison yeah. to the visions <laughs> and the dreams. I hope big time. I really, I, I hope I mean, that'd be awesome if yeah. this became the biggest thing that you ever did. But, but seriously, <laughs> like you will do, he will, he has more significant, yeah. more world impacting things yeah. for you. But this is how you guys exercise that muscle show up mm-hmm. every day, regardless of the outcome, because God gave you the dream or the, or the purpose or the motivation mm. to do this. And that's, and then you be faithful. Like, there were a yeah. lot of times in the building of the truck that I just wanted to scrap the whole project and yeah. quit. And yeah. that's what that's what got shaped in me a lot is I'm a big dreamer, but I don't follow through on many things. And he's taught me in the way that only a good father can of like, yeah. this is what it means to grind out a vision or a dream yeah. or a plan that I gave you is like, you see it, you see it to the end. Mm. And that's, and that's another part of being dangerous is like having the discipline to getting the nudge and then pushing through to whatever that nudge's end is. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I was going to ask you, I mean, that was my next, um, my next question for you was, you know, in saying yes to the Lord and kind of feeling these nudges for these dreams and saying yes and seeing it to an end, the, the certain process of that has to come at some point with discouragement has to come at some point with, I've lost touch with the original kind of creative idea that the creator gave me and going back to beginning what you were talking about of how when we when we know the creator that's when we can understand the creation and that's actually when we can create ourselves um you know actually create things through ourselves in a way and so you know going back to this idea of the relationship with the father and listening to him and then focusing on him as creator when things don't work out when things when there is discouragement you know when 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 those times when you felt like i just want to scrap this thing right now um I'm, I'm very similar to you. We've talked about this a lot, but of, of like wanting these things and then not actually executing or not executing well enough or not seeing it through to the end. Um, how do you, how do you cope with that as a follower of Jesus? Maybe not cope. That's a bad, that's a bad word, but how do you, how do you escape you, that as a follower so, of Jesus? I know, and that's exactly what I, I was going to talk. I was going to say <laughs> medicate, you know, cause I think a lot of people mm-hmm. that know that they're called to greatness, right? Yep. Each of us, we have something in us that we know there's something more than what I am. And I want to create something because the Lord is calling me to do this. However, when I'm not doing that or there's discouragement, I resort to medication. I, you know, and not, not drugs, but I medicate. I, 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 mm-hmm. I do things to stay busy. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I want to, I want to talk with you about is, the, 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 the basic necessities as a creator, um, yourself from the, from, from the, from the creator of you have these dreams, you have these desires, these nudges from the Lord, but at the end of the day, like you got to get up and feed your daughter, you know, it's just like, there's, mm-hmm. the, there's a certain kind of basic necessity within our kind of this underlying undertow of life. So how do we, how do we kind of work through discouragement and also pursue the things that the Lord's calling us to do every day? I would just like to throw out the disclaimer that I'm physically unable to wake up in the middle of the night and feed my daughter. I said so in the morning. Did I say wife, in the morning? I said in the morning. I wake up and get my daughter so that my wife can feed my daughter, <laughs> but I do not physically feed my daughter. I don't mean just, that. Just to be clear. I don't mean physically. I just, just, wanted to, just wanted to make sure we were on the same you page. You said you have been working out for a while, so there, I was wondering if I, uh, there, there was there, some... There, <laughs> no. I'm out of shape, but it's not gotten that bad. Um... Sorry, I 
totally forgot the question that oh, you had. Discouragement. I got really hung up. Of yeah, exactly. Just on that one thing of like, I don't feed my daughter physically. So um, you had lots this, of questions. Yeah, there was a lot there, but just this because <laughs> I, I, I realized we should probably wrap it up soon. But I wanted to get all those things in, and you, and you touched on them a lot. But of like doing these projects, you know, ultimately these 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 projects are are kind of products of your desires and products of your skills that the Lord kind of takes and He hones and. And, and, and becomes something that is his and gives glory to him. And I think that's all of our desire. I mean, any any Catholic dreamer that listens to the Father has a desire to give glory to God in himself and in what he does. And so when you experience discouragement in that, you know, when you've, when you've listened for a long time and you've seen God come through and you don't see him come through and you're, and you're worried and you're, you're in the face of fear, what does it look like to kind of keep on going? Maybe you haven't experienced it because you're just so good looking, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I don't know if discouraged is the word. I mean, I imagine, I don't know what dis, you, you could probably help us out with this, but what that means in whatever language it was originated in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Terrain the absence of courage or the lack, like yes. lack of courage. Yes. So if we're being literal with the question. Yep. We, we try to get that, that every, I think, I think everything that we already talked about is like giving up in the face of fear or, or whatever, mm-hmm. like not having a lack or absence of courage within ourselves. And I think so much of that is sowed over time again, as we get to know who we are and my, my journey of what that looked like because of my wounding and my heart, like took yeah. a long freaking time to, to like, this wasn't even a conversation. I saw, I, and like, same as you guys, I was attracted to something and guys that I met because I saw something. But the process of getting me from where I was when I showed up on God's doorstep and, like, begged for mercy because I was done trying to medicate or escape or fill myself to where I am now, it was a long time where it was just like healing, like your heart just yeah. needs to be healed. Like, we have mm-hmm. to start from square one or maybe even the negatives of like, here's all these things you believe about yourself because of the stuff that happened before stuff you did, whatever. And I need to actually like take you. And again, all those things are nudges, like everything I could talk about a million stories of things that happen with, with a hundred or more different people throughout my life. Like, like signet, like signature moments, if you will, that happened with my wife of like, there was just breakthrough in that moment. I didn't go there for breakthrough. I didn't show up to that date yeah. for breakthrough. I wasn't planning on breakthrough, but we're, I, I remember one moment where like, we're praying together up at her parents' house in Hinkley, Minnesota. And then like, I'm like bawling. Cause I'm like overcome by this thing that just like rose I like this memory. Like I didn't plan on telling her that when I woke up that morning, like, but, but it was a major step in my own healing journey. So again, like nudges can be anything. And I, again, we like get to know God's voice and his heart and learn to trust him. And like learning to trust a father for me was a really difficult process, Hmm. but that's, I mean, so yes, there's absolutely discouragement all along the road, but it's like learning to to have faith in, Like the vision, like the vision or the hope for our lives is the Uh wild adventure is the full life. Right. And so even in the face of like, I can be sitting here and be like, I don't do that nearly as much as I want. Or like, you know, again, we like disqualify ourselves, but that's not the, the, that's not the vision. Like 
yeah, that's, that's a hopeful outcome. But the vision for my life is to like learn how freaking loved I am Mm. to learn how God sees me. And that's like a super individual process that he takes me from. So like when you get, when you feel that nudge, whoever you are to like go to a Bible study or start a Bible study or like go hang out at this friend's house who, you know, loves Jesus too much or whatever, like do it. Yeah. Like just go and do that. If it's a good thing, if it's in line with his will, like all this stuff that I'm like nudges in general, provided it's in line with God's, what you know is God's heart and love and order, like go and do it. And then I, I promise you far more often than not, God will be on the other end of it. And those will be yeah. what you look back as your breakthrough moments. Those will be yeah. the things that was like, that was the moment that obeying God became worth it for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like for me, like it's, I, I like drinking alcohol is a good, like in college I did that. Like, whereas like I knew what was true. I knew what God said. I knew what the law was. I knew what I was supposed to do, but I kind of like, eh, yeah. And I like, but, but all of that like was just senior night guy. Right, right, right. Like all of it is actually just like, like I, I don't trust God to have a full life. Like I don't trust God for adventure. I don't trust God to actually give me an experience yes. that's more fulfilling yeah. than the college experience. Yep. So I need to have the college experience just in case I get to my forties and realize that I left fun way behind in my rear view mirror. But what I've found the day, the breakthrough moment when I had one conversation and like felt a significant nudge, like between now and my 21st birthday, I just need to like give up alcohol totally. And to be honest, it was only a couple months, but it was like a major, major conversion moment for me. Cause it was like, you know what? Finally obeying God is worth the risk for what might be yes. on the other end of, of that adventure. Yeah. And so like, if you're, if you're anybody right now, that's like struggling with that thing, like that thing or that pressure in society, like that stuff's so strong. I, I get all that. Like I, I want to live in the world and, and affect the world and like go out and have fun on weekends. Like I did, I was not the sit at home on a Friday night in college and play video games guy or like read a book guy. Like that was not me whatsoever. But there's no getting around if we're going to go after the adventure and have the adventure that God has for us. Mm-hmm. That that it it requ- it ta- it requires giving up things like it yeah. requires. Yeah. Yep. But but it's for the vision on the other end of yes. it. It's for the hope on the other end of it. And if you're a guy, and I've said that I've like yelled this as loud as I can at a bunch of guys who are like <laughs> good dudes who follow the law and do what God's doing, your life better freaking look the way that it's supposed to look like attractive and full of adventure. Yeah. You like, you should be doing this because if you're not in, it's just all about following the rules or like, I'm not 21 yet, or I'm not supposed to have sex before I get married or what, like that's your, you're just doing it to follow the law and hopefully eke into heaven on the other end of it. Like that's not God's vision or is like, he needs heaven to come here to earth through you. And if you don't wake up, those guys that are out there doing that sort of stuff that you judge and think that lesser of because they're getting hammered on, on or, or throwing away their sexuality on weekends, you're not helping to inspire them into the church. You're probably doing the opposite. They look at you and say, there's no adventure, there's no yeah. life. So everything that's said in scripture yeah. is a promise is not true. Yeah. And that's what we need to wake up, up to. It's not trying to manufacture adventure in life for us as Christians. We just need to actually start like saying over our life or like declaring over our life and then asking God to make our lives 
like yeah. the, the adventure that he wants them to yeah. be. Yeah. That is the adventure that everybody's seeking for. And that's when we become dangerous. And I think, yes, there's going to be mad discouragement along the way. And yet like, but it feels a hell of a lot better than throwing it all away on a Friday night and waking, yeah. waking up full of shame on a Saturday morning, yep. like mo- like momentary discouragement or even a season of discouragement is like, yeah. I promise a thousand times less empty yeah. Like a trillion times less empty than waking up on a Saturday morning after you did something the night before that wasn't yep. in God's heart or his plan yeah. for you. I think that definitely living this life, living this adventure of, of being dangerous is the only discouragement is, is as I see as regret or, or realization that you're not living this life to the full, that you're not mm. living this life. So let's say I don't pray for a week and I'm just pissed and I'm like, oh my gosh, my life is not going anywhere. I'm not doing this. And that I'm discouraged because I'm regretting that I'm not doing this way. Or, you know, I, I have a reflection and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm not being the man that I should be at work. You know, I'm not, you know, revealing Christ to my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's like a call, like a calling myself on mm-hmm. to, to want to be better. So I think the discouragement isn't, is never, is so fruitful when you're, when you're living this life as an adventure. And I don't think if you're fully trusting God and if you're fully living in this life, I don't think that you'll reach that much discouragement. I think that you're going to reach a lot of hurdles. There's going to be a lot of hurdles thrown at us from this culture. You know, there's going to be, you're going to be, you know, there's going to be things in your way of like achieving these dreams of being dangerous and stuff like that. But I think that the discouragement is going to be regret and the discouragement is going to be, um, you know, I'm, I'm not fully giving myself to this, you know? And Joe, I love what you come, you know, you talked about in a way making space of like the Lord, you know, showing up at God's doorstep and just begging for mercy. And that, that there was a period of time that you went through and that I think all men go through and that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm there right now and I just need to yeah. show up on the Lord's doorstep and just beg for mercy to kind of create space in my heart for him to come in and do something great with me. And there's actually yeah. a certain healing that needs to happen that the Lord reveals your, re- reveals you and then reveals these wounds and these past and these regrets that yes, it shows up as discouragement, but and even down the road shows up as discouragement, but when they're healed and then when they're redeemed, when those wounds have been touched and healed, yes. they, they become trophies they become yeah. triumphs and, and it turns actually, into confidence totally yes and it leads us to confidence to be able to achieve these dreams so yeah joe uh, yeah i love i love having you on the cast man love you guys thanks for <laughs> thanks for sharing <laughs> Thank all what you, you did man do you have any uh, i just like looking into john's eyes as he stared <laughs> who, back into mine who doesn't it's beautiful. so joe why don't you give up a little shout out for impact culture company i know you got an instagram yeah, facebook upcoming events handles. here's uh here's your your one-stop shop i always post upcoming events if you're in minnesota and Usually it's at breweries and stuff. We do some church events. If you're a church, if you're a youth minister listening to this, you need to come have me out. I will make your events way better. And that's what we're here for is to make make the church cool again. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any upcoming uh, events in, in February coming up here that uh, maybe some, some people uh, local there's to n- show up to? There's, there's nothing okay. currently on the table that I want to plug right now. But okay. I- Impact Culture Co., CO uh, on Instagram, impactcultureco.com. You can see the video of the truck, pictures, inquire. Uh, you can also slide into my DMs on Instagram. <laughs> However, you want me to get to you, the truck to your private party, your public party, you know, 
That's where it's at. That's where it's Sweet. at. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. We <laughs> yeah, all appreciate it. On. Absolutely. Any last words, Jacob? Have a good rest of your evening, and thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I thanks for tuning in. Morning. <laughs> All right, well, uh, okay. thanks for listening to... Yeah. This has been Sons and Thunder. There we go. <laughs> Lightning emoji. Uh, you got Eric. Sean. Jacob. John. And? Joe. And Joe. And Joe. Peace, Joe. Peace. Love Peace. you guys. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.